Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kipnis. Um, everyone always says they're super excited to have their next guest, right? That's, that's the big lead. But I really am super excited to have the guest today because the Entrepreneur's MBA is about those folks who have been through ups, they've been through downs, they've learned from what they've done, they've stumbled, they, they got clients and they came out the other side and now they've got a thriving business and they have the ability to give back and teach you, the listeners, what, what they learned. So I, I'll introduce him in a second, but this is gonna be really interesting because what he's been able to do just in the last three years having nothing to do with business, just in per personal fitness life and his shape is interesting enough. Um, so you're excited to hear what he's got to say. Um, and as always, our show is sponsored by powertexting.com. Great platform to stay in touch with your clients and your prospects. And they give away a free hotel stay to one listener of every podcast. I'll get to that in a second, in a little bit. And um, hopefully you'll be the lucky winner for that free hotel stay. It's um, pretty fantastic what they do for me. And if, if you love the show and appreciate the feedback that you all give um, and the lessons that we learn, definitely download my book at freebookfromadam.com. It's eight steps to making more money in your business without spending any money on marketing or advertising. So definitely jump on that. Um, if you like the show, I think you'll love the book. So without further ado, my guest today has done some amazing things in his life. Not only has he been an entrepreneur for over 19 years, he's started several businesses. His top 15 clients in one of his businesses had over $12.7 billion in revenue. So he's worked with some of the biggest and the best. He came through tragedy, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And how do you overcome tragedy in your business when um, it's it feels like you can't and it's never gonna happen. And he's done some ridiculous things in his personal life. He's in his best shape ever. He did a Everest-like climb where for 24 hours straight, he climbed the same mountain over and over again and came up a little short, but he just went, went for it and got there. He's trained with Navy SEALs. Um, I've got one other thing. Oh, he did a 140-mile Ironman in 30 days, even though he'd never run up. 26 miles. He'd never biked 112 and he never swum for 2.4 and he did it all. Um, so we're all going to be envious of what we hear here, but the lessons he's going to teach us, not just about pushing forward through adversity. And as it says behind him, for those of you on YouTube, be a badass every day. Thor Conklin, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to digging into your mind a little bit over the next half hour or so. Man, dig away, dig away. You know, it's, uh, it, it's very uh, rarely do I answer. The, the, the Ironman was an interesting story because I actually did two of them within 30 days. And you're correct, I wasn't a runner, I wasn't a swimmer. Uh, simply because my female coach told me I couldn't do it. Uh, and I'm like, well, wait a second. You said I can't do it, right? Entrepreneurs, it's like, now I'm going to go do it. So I wasn't very fast. And I failed actually at the Everest event twice. I came up uh, short twice. Uh, but I'll keep trying until I get that Everest done. <laughs> something tells me that you will conquer that as well. I uh, agree with you. <laughs> and, and so just playing off that and the fact that you, if a challenge is in front of you, you conquer it 
and you do what's necessary and probably learn a lot along the way. Was that always what you did? I mean, did you come out of the crib and just have to be the biggest and best and do whatever it took to, to achieve? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, even to today, I don't have to be the biggest or the best. Um, I live my life by a simple principle, and that is I want to just get better. I want to be the best version of me. I don't compare myself, or I try not to anyway, amongst or against others. I just want to be the best version of me. And I wake up uh, every day with that mindset. Uh, and most days, I, I fail at it. Uh, I <laughs> fail at, you know, let, let's face it. Success is not a good teacher. Failure is the best teacher. Uh, and I failed all along the way. It just, I picked myself up and immediately just keep going. I, I think, and the, you asked an interesting question. As a youngster, one of the things I was always very curious about how things worked. So I was always really good at taking things apart to this day. I could probably strip down a car and, and rebuild it uh, because my mind thinks in, okay, that's the way the car should look. What do I need to do in order to make that happen? I do the same thing with goals. I do that same thing with clients and uh, building their businesses. I have the end in mind. All right, that, that's fascinating. So we'll take a quick detour from the, the, the normal path. Um, the strategic side, um, and, I, and I don't know if anyone's a big TV fan, but sometimes like at night I have to binge watch like three or four shows to like calm my mind down. So right now I'm watching Revenge. And I don't know if you ever saw Revenge, but this woman lost, or this girl lost her dad and she seeks revenge on the people that, that took it, his and her life away. And always having the end in mind of taking down this family, but it's like four seasons and all the stuff she goes through. So even if you haven't watched it, you can play along here for a second. How do you see the end at the beginning? Do you believe that's innate or is it something that you break down the idea of the end and it might change that end goal as you think about that process? Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, you know, the, the, the end destination and when we work with clients, we work on, we, first of all, uh, we do business consulting. Um, and people come to us for business. But in the business consulting, we have four pillars. Uh, one of them is business and investments or, or wealth. Uh, the other is relationship, physical health, and mental health. So that's a foundation that every entrepreneur, every business owner must have. Because if you just spend all your time working on the business and your uh, physical piece uh, falls away or the mental's not there and your relationships start to, to shatter. I can't tell you the number of clients I call, hey, I'm making wildly, uh, I'm wildly successful in my business. I'm making more money than I ever have. My life's a shambles because my wife just left me. You know, if you succeed in one and everything else falls apart, that's a disaster. So before we even start talking about goals, I'm like, what, what are you trying to do? Where are you trying to go? What do you envision your life to look like? And with most entrepreneurs, they think they're business owners, but really they're enslaved to their business. The business owns them. And that's okay at a certain part or a certain point in your business because you're everything, right? You're, you're the salesman, you're the marketing guy, you're doing everything yourself. That's okay. But people find themselves in 50 and $100 million businesses where they're still stuck in the middle. And this vision of being a business owner is now so far from their, their sights. And they come and they're like, the first thing we do is figure out, okay, what do you want the life to look like? You know, how do you want your physical body? What do you want your relationships to look like? And what do you want your business to look like? Then we figure out, okay, where are you? Okay, we're here. That's where we want to go. Now, what's a plan to get there? Now, of course, every single plan that you come up with, there's your, every plan's a great plan until you get punched in the face, right? <laughs> right. Like Jason said. Um, 
you're going to be making adjustments all the way. We think success kind of goes up, you know, and it's just this, this nice, smooth, you know, incline up to success. It doesn't work that way. It's all jagged. It's all over the place. So once we know what that vision is, who do we need to become? What sort of relationships do we need to build? How do I know, need to show up mentally? How do I need to show up physically? And then what's the tactical business plan in order to get there and then make the adjustments along the way? So to me, my mind just works in reverse because if we try to build the plan from the bottom up, sometimes what we do in business, we find ourselves at a different destination. I'm, I, I know this is not going to sound great and there may be some people in the audience that are listening that understand this. I can't tell you the number of ultra ultra successful entrepreneurs that call me after making gazillions and they're miserable because they never intended to get to where they got. It didn't work the way they thought. They, they, they got one piece of it. So when you build it and you pick careers and you pick goals and you, you pick a business based on, I want to make money, you just might find yourself at a destination you never intended to be. That's really interesting because there, there are people who are listening that are, that are either starting or, or they're a little bit stuck in their business and they're thinking to themselves, they're like, dude, Thor, that, I can't wait to be that miserable. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, you know, for, from your own experience and, and where you started, how do, how do they get from they're a little bit stuck to I can't wait to be miserable being so successful? <laughs> well, yeah, let, me, let me share a story with you. I'll share the first business that I started. Uh, and you alluded to it with the, uh, the client that had $12.7 billion in, uh, in revenue. So I was, my background was insurance and risk management. I was working in New York. I actually came down to Atlanta for uh, a two-year stay to help uh, one of the acquisitions that this private equity firm had made. And one of their advisors had left and they called me to New York. I was actually skiing with the family. They called me to New York and said, hey, our advisor has retired at 40. <laughs> And they said, you know, yeah, nice All to right. be retired 40. <laughs> they said, uh, we want you to be our new advisor. And we want you to set up a company. And we're going to take by 100% of your time. I mean, not the typical way you go into business. So here I am with this incredible opportunity to work with the top five, one of the top five private equity firms in the world working on businesses that had multi-billion dollars worth of revenue. And yeah, dream come true, right? First business, your, all your time is purchased. It's purchased at a very high rate. But here's, the, here's what I found out. Seven years later, I'm traveling around the world. My kids think I work for the CIA because I'm always gone. They <laughs> when they turn like 20. And I found myself in a different city around the world in a different hotel room just on this treadmill. So I didn't take the time to figure out how did I want my life to look. Had I done that, it may not have included 120,000 miles of air travel a year and, you know, 150 nights in a hotel room. So I did it reverse. I started the business and then found out what that business, what kind of life that business led to and said, there's more to life than just on this treadmill. So it made me step back. I actually ended up selling that business because it wasn't getting me to where I wanted to go because I hadn't taken the time to figure out where that was. I was just chasing dollars. Interesting. So, um, well, quick aside, I went to school in Atlanta. I don't know if we talked about that. I spent four, no. glorious, four glorious years at Emory. Um, so we can, we can dig into that offline. Um, so you, 
the, the business came to you versus many people who listen that, that really are, you know, that had spent their whole life starting a business, or as I say, were selling gum to nurses when they were still in the crib or, or any of those. And seven years later, you're in a place where the business is very much running you. Yeah. And, um, so did, did you recognize that and the, you decided I need to sell the business to get my life back or so that, that was a specific decision of like, I got to get back home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I did is, uh, the guy that retired actually came back out of retirement. Um, and he's like, Hey, I I really want to get back into this. He just got bored, uh, which happens a lot. You know, people think they want to make a whole bunch of money and then sit on the beach. They sit on the beach for a year and they're like, I'm bored. I want to get back in the game. Um, so he had a firm, we actually merged the firms and then I ultimately sold my shares, uh, hundred percent of the shares back to, to him. Um, so it was, it was very much that I just wasn't fulfilled. I, I loved what I did. I just didn't like the vehicle. Um, private equity firms would call you Christmas Eve and say, we've got a deal that has to close in three days. I need you in Chicago. You know, they didn't want to hear that you wanted to send one of one of your guys. They're like, no, we want you there. Right. Uh, but it's Christmas. Uh, I, what does that have to do with anything? You know, it, it was a mindset and a lifestyle that I just decided that no matter how much money I was making, it's not what I wanted for my life. Interesting. And, 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 but that didn't stop you from starting your next business. No. And no. your next business. Exactly. So, <laughs> so you, you get your life back. Presumably you made very good money and, and hopefully you've got a little nest egg that was there and you could have taken a job or you could have been a little bit less active in the, in your business, but you started another one. Why? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I, I never figured out how to make that a business where I was actually owning the business as opposed to being in the middle of it. Uh, it's one of the lessons that all the businesses uh, that I've started is how do I at some point get out of the middle and, and own the business versus just being in the business. And it wasn't my first one. The first one was I sold life insurance uh, as uh, I was 18 selling life insurance door to door. I was not a very good life insurance agent, uh, let alone at age 18. So that was, uh, that was <laughs> a venture at the business. But after doing that for seven years, uh, I couldn't go back to work for someone. Uh, I had the bug. I had the desire to do things the way I wanted to do them. And it allowed me to start uh, five of the businesses where I structured it the way I wanted to. I still hadn't figured out that reverse engineering it. Uh, it took me longer to figure that out. As a matter of fact, I probably haven't, didn't figure that out until about four years ago um, at, the, at the start of this business. And... Uh, Actually, I'll give you a good example. I had a manufacturing company. That one I did not start. I actually bought it. And with physical operations here in Norcross, Georgia. And one day I said, you know, it'd be really great to live in California. And I said, uh-oh, my entire operation is here in Georgia. This is not something you just pick up and move. I've got manufacturing. I've got warehousing. I've got this whole system built out in Georgia. And I'm like, how did I get here? And how I got there was I found a business that I loved the bottom line. I loved the business. I loved the niche that it was in. But what I didn't contemplate was what does this lifestyle, what limitations is it going to bring upon me? And one was I wasn't moving anywhere. 
Interesting. And, and so the lifestyle, it sounds like, especially after that first experience was always part of every decision that you made after that. That's, you know, super important for all of you listening that um, there are some non-negotiables in your business. And if you know what those are, you can still build your business around it. So one of your non-negotiables was you, the, the way you wanted to live your life and where you wanted to live your life. Yeah. Um, how has that, how has that affected your decision-making in yeah. other businesses or other investments that you make as you got investment stuff that you do as well? Yeah. You know, and, and if you don't have those non-negotiables in business, you've got to have standards. You've got to have those boundaries of what you will and will not do. If you try, it's, it's kind of like going into business and saying, who's your ideal customer. And the, the entrepreneur says, well, everybody. Well, immediately, you know, uh, you're in this space, you know, yep. that is not a successful business model. If everyone's your customer, I guarantee you that you have a, a lower price uh, product and the margins are horrible because niches are where the riches are, period. You've got to pick a lane and go deep into that lane. Uh, so I'm always looking at that. And, you know, we talked before we went on air, you know, of who our ideal clients are. And we just happen to fall into this lane and, and that's where we live. And people come to us that don't fit in that lane. And it's like, could we help them? Sure. But it's not our ideal client. And you've got to learn how to say, say no. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really guided everything. Every decision that I try to make, because I don't do this perfectly, is what am I building? What is my ultimate vision? I want to be strong and fit and active and really engaged for a long, long time. I'm 55, you know, at 75, 85, 95, I want to be extremely active. I know to do that, I've got to take care of just more than just my business. I got to take care of my physical health. I got to take care of my mental health. I've got to develop relationships that support me, that nurture me, that I support and nurture them. It's a, it's a growing, it's a living organism. The same thing with an organization. What happens with a company that you don't lead, you don't support, you don't feed, you don't nurture, you don't train, you don't evolve. They die. So, and, they, and they die fast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and there's a tipping point, right? You know, things are going. And what ends up happening a lot of times when things start to get successful, we take our foot off the accelerator. That is a bad decision because what ends up happening by the time you start to see it slowing down and starting to decline, the momentum and the energy needed to kickstart that thing and get it going again is a lot of work. Oh, yeah. That's, and we're going to dig into that. We're talking to Thor Conklin on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned powertexting.com. My sponsor gives away a free hotel stay. And these are five-star hotel stays, four or five days in Orlando, Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, Vegas, um, Rocky Point, if you're here in, in Arizona near me, it's just south of the border. Um, Branson, Missouri, which is on the Ozarks. Um, go to podcasttrip.com, enter your um, name and email address and where you heard of it, and one person will win a hotel stay on powertexting.com. So definitely do that. So there, there was so much to unpack in what you said there. The niches, the riches are in the niches, right? That's what they say. I'm a big believer in. Don't pick a niche. Let the niche pick you. Yeah. And, and it sounded like you agreed with that. And um, so if you do, then give me a second on that. If not, then uh, we can fight a little bit. But the no, bigger I, question. I, I, I agree with you. And because 
when you get an authentic, true voice and you stand for something and you have boundaries and you have standards and this is what we do and this is what we don't do, you're going to repulse the people that are not in alignment with you and you're going to attract the clients that are. And as you start to attract those clients, you're going to start to see similarities. People ask me all the time, like, what industry do you specialize in? And I was very specific before the, the beginning of the show. It doesn't have anything to do with industry with us, but it has a lot to do with how much that entrepreneur is making. And there's some mindset things that we work on uh, or, or test for up front. We found that if someone is extremely distracted, overwhelmed, and cannot focus for an hour a week, it doesn't work. And, and sometimes that's why they actually come to us. I'm a disaster. I can't focus for more than five seconds. You know, help right. me. Right. It's like, I want to help you. And then I found out that you couldn't even focus for five seconds to figure out how to focus for five minutes. And those, uh, so I know now going in, I'd love to help you, but I haven't figured out how to do it because I can't help unless you can sit still for, you know, and not check the phone or check text. So we just tell them, I'm sorry, we're not the right fit. And it's interesting you say that because it brings me to a question um, that I've been wanting to ask. So Thor's been, obviously we talked about the triathlons and the, the Everest challenge that he did and being in the best shape of his life at 55. Many entrepreneurs that I work with um, every day and, and many of you listening and Thor, I'm sure many people you talk to, they're like, I, I don't have time for that. Time for what? being in the best shape of your life or to work out or to take care of the mental side and the business side and the physical side uh, of the business. And, but I've found that if you take 45 minutes to work out, somehow magically you accomplish more during the day and that time comes. That's a big part of your business is that physical side as well as the business. How do you get entrepreneurs over that hump where they're like, I don't have time to be in the best shape of my life because, because, because. Yeah. Well, for, first of all, those are my standards. Uh, it doesn't have to be everyone's standard. I'm just, I make it very clear to our clients that if you neglect fully your health and your fitness, that is going to affect your performance in the boardroom, period. If I have more energy, I can outdo you. That's just a fact. When you start to make changes in mental health, physical health, and relationships, it builds a muscle that transcends all those categories. It helps in business, and it has nothing to do with business technically, right? But it's how you show up. You know, when I did the Ironman challenge last year, an Ironman, I could get anybody to do an Ironman if I had four months with them. But... You're going to have to spend eight hours on a Saturday to do a 125-mile bike ride, and you're going to have to do several of those. And people came to me and said, that's a wonderful thing that you did, really proud of you, but I don't have eight hours on a Saturday to do that. And I said, you know what? I, I understand that. We all have commitments, and that's a big ask. I said, I'm turning 55 this year, so my new challenge is the 55-minute challenge. And that is spend 55, I'm spending 55 minutes or less a day exercising. I don't care if it's in the gym somewhere, exercising. And I'm documenting the process with pictures every single month, which I'll actually bring out when, when I'm done with the challenge. This is where I started. This is what happened each month. This was 55 minutes a day. If you don't have 55 minutes a day in order to take care of yourself, your priorities, your priorities are, <laughs> I don't know if I can curse, messed up. 
You can swear away because <laughs> I'm about to when I on the next thing. <laughs> Everybody has a lot to do, but if you can't carve out 55 minutes for yourself, we've got issues. You have issues. This you've got some things that need to change. So I wanted to show and set an example of what's possible. You're not too old. Get up, eat right, take care of yourself, do something. This is what I did. If you did it for a year, this is what you can produce. I, I think that's super important. And this is one of the things because all of my clients, um, you know, I work with a lot of folks that, that make between, you know, 50, 50 and $300,000 a year and want to get to the next level, whether it's 100 or 500 or a million. And, and all of them tell me they don't have time. No matter what business, no matter what industry, they don't have time. And, you know, I, I always, um, and I'll swear, they, I always call bullshit on it because no, no matter what it is that, that you want in life in your business, you will make time if need be. And I don't go to the tragic, I go to the fun. I happen to be a Green Bay Packer fan. You tell me I don't, you don't have eight hours to do anything. If, if someone gave me Super Bowl tickets and the Packers were in it, there's like 96 hours minimum because you got to get there. You got to go to the game. I'm a Packer fan. So you got to drink 900 beers while you're there, right? We all have our thing that we would drop everything for and give eight hours for or give three days for. So we all have the time. It's just how we allocate it and choosing to do so and making the decision changes everything. And so choosing that 55 minutes for you at 55 is Something you're saying, all right, I'm going to allot this in. The rest of life will work out because the rest of life always works out. Yeah. yeah. How do you become comfortable with that? It, you know, it, it starts, for, for me, it starts the night before. If I'm in bed by 9.30, I can get up at 5. If I can get up at 5, I've got 55 minutes to do exercise for myself. I go to the chiropractor once a week. I get massages. I get cryotherapy. I take care of this vessel. The day this vessel stops breathing, I'm done. There's no business. There's no meetings. There's no phone calls to return. There's no emails. This vessel is what provides the vehicle for me to do what I do in every other area of my life. So to me, first of all, I, I enjoy it. It's part of my standard. It's who I am. Remember what I said in the beginning of the show? I wake up every morning trying to figure, a, figure out how to become the best version of me. Well, our bodies are either growing, getting stronger, or getting weaker and dying. You've got a choice with your nutrition, your exercise, in which way that goes. Now, you can't fight, you know, father time forever, but I'm going to go screaming and kicking. And I get it that, look, what's most important to you, you do. You have time. You have time to breathe. Why? Because... It's important. You have time to shower because it's important. You have time to spend time with your kids because it's important. For most, it's just not important. It's an area that they just haven't spent time cultivating, growing, developing. So, again, it's, the exercise is just one piece of it. It's just kind of my standard because here's the thing. When I go to the gym and I give it my all, I don't, I, I'm, I'm tired. But I've got that box checked off that said I did something difficult. I'll, I'll give you a great story. So when I was doing the Ironman, it's a 15 and a half hour process for me, 140 miles. 
I remember standing at the start line and uh, well, I did the swim and then I'm getting ready to do the bike. I'm like, I've done the bike before. I know I can do this. And I said, you know, I've got, I don't know, 14 hours left or something. And I immediately thought about the Everest challenge. I said, I climbed a mountain for 30 straight hours. This is only 14. It's like I already stretched my mind of what was possible. So now it was 14 hours. Like, this is easy. Now, it wasn't easy. <laughs> but when we do things that are more difficult and we stretch ourselves, we never go back to the same person we are. It, the, the, the fiber of who we are has been expanded and what's possible and what we can overcome. I, I love that. And, and it's not specific to doing an Everest challenge or it's not specific to an Ironman or it's not specific to going to the Super Bowl. No matter what it is you've done in your life, whether it was, you know, the first time you drove 12 hours in a day to get from college back home or to get to a friend's wedding or to get to someone's funeral, um, that's something you've never done before. When it was the first time that you, you know, got on a plane and showed up to a client's office when you didn't know them or had to give, you know, bad news and didn't know how you would react. None of us know how we're going to react with whatever challenge we're faced with, whether it's business, whether it's personal, whether it's physical. And I, I think what I'm taking away is that it's not about the challenge. No. It's about taking a deep breath, making the decision that this is what's needed and following through on what's needed. I mean, there are people, I don't have any kids. I've got dogs and cats, but people are with their, their spouses or ha have had a baby and they've got 18 hours in the hospital waiting for the baby to come, right? That's something that business has to wait for. Life has to wait for. It could be you've got the flu and you just have to be down for 24 hours, right? We all have challenges and, and as long as you come through on the other side because mentally you decided, I think that's huge. And I, I love that you, you brought it up through, or I brought it up to you through physical, but it's something we deal with. Um, you know, goals. Goals, the gift of a goal or the outcome of a goal is not what we achieve after getting it. The real gift, the real genius, the real juice of goals is who we have to become in the process in order to achieve them. That's the real stuff. Because in order to achieve something that you haven't achieved before, you've got to become bigger, better. And that's the real gift. Because as soon as you do that, you own it forever. Yeah, who do I have to become? Yeah. Right, it's not who we are today because tomorrow we're a different person. Yeah. Um, and, and before we wrap up, we've got a, a few minutes left. But you said goals, and, and I had to scroll through your little bio over here, because one of the things on the talking points that you emailed me beforehand is why smart goals are stupid. <laughs> um, and I would agree, but I, I want to know why, why do you think that? And, and for everyone who's been taught smart goals, they, we all know the acronym, and I don't want to say it because I don't want you to, people to think it out there. Yeah. Goals don't necessarily need to be smart. Tell us your thought process on that and why. Yeah, so we all know the, uh, the, the smart uh, thing. So I think that goals should be simple. So here's my uh, acronym for that. Specific. I, I think that's important. They should be specific. They should be important. They should drive you towards your vision of what you're trying to create. They should be measurable. Purpose 
directed, making sure that the goals that you're chasing lead you to the person that you want to become. Lofty is the L. You know, I have no idea why anybody wants to have a realistic goal. Show me one person that gets excited about a realistic goal. That's why I think that's stupid. And the last one is E, exciting. Make them exciting. Get goals that you may have no idea how to get them. And here's the thing. If you set the goal to the moon or the stars and you only get to the moon, look where you've gone. So I think they ought to be exciting. They ought to drive you. They ought to be juicy. Uh, they do need to be specific. They do need to be measurable so you can track your, your process. Um, but realistic, um, what's another one? Uh, time bound. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but you know, there's goals I've been chasing for a long time. <laughs> you know, one of my biggest one is, you know, I want to get to 198. I actually have an email address where my height, my name, my height, and my weight is my email address. Thor six, four, one, nine, eight. Well, I'm six, four, my name's Thor, but I haven't been able to get to that 198. And I was like, you know, why is this constantly going on? And I'll just add this in a, just a little tip at the end. So Monday, today is uh, Tuesday, yesterday, I said, you know what? I, I don't have enough accountability around this goal. I've been after it for a while. So I said, who do I know? Who are 5,000 friends that I can have hold me accountable? I'm like, oh, my Facebook friends. So I went on Facebook, did a little live video. I said, every Monday I'm going to report in on you, to you what my weight is. And I want you to give me a rash of shit if I don't do what I say I'm going to do. So I'm getting to 198. I'm at, I was at 221 yesterday. I'm going to get to 216 by next Monday. And if I don't, I don't want to hear it's okay, you look great, blah, blah, blah. I want you to ask me the question, what went wrong? This was in your control. What didn't you do? Step up. So I put it out there. And it was funny because today I woke up at uh, 218.3. I'm like, I, I, I'm hitting my goal. I'm hitting my goal. I'm not, I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> so that's been a lofty goal of mine for, uh, for a while. And it excites me. Uh, I've been down to 203. I know what my body looks like and feels like at that weight. So um, I just need to get a little extra leverage. So if you're having trouble uh, reaching your goals, uh, tell Facebook. No, that, that, that's super important. And a couple things. One, so um, a guy I've seen speak a number of times, his name's Nito Cobain. He's the president of High Point University in North Carolina. Outstanding speaker. He says, there's no such thing as unrealistic goals, just unrealistic timeframes. Yeah. Right. So no matter what it is, whether it's your business or your personal life, and we talk a lot about business on this show, if it didn't happen today, you don't have to beat yourself up and, and shut down your company, make some changes. It's just the time frame that needed changing, not the desire. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing on, you had mentioned that you don't want to be placated by the people on Facebook, that it's okay that you didn't hit your goal. Now, it doesn't yeah. mean everyone has to punch you in the face, but I, I did a presentation the other day um, and I was on a panel and um, we did the panel and then there was some feedback afterwards and everyone, you know, they gave us great reviews. We were great. They really liked what we talked about. And they said, what, you know, what question did we have for them, for the, for the panel that was, that was reviewing us, quote unquote. And I said, well, you know, what did we miss? Mm. And the gasps from my fellow panelists were like, oh my God, why would you ask that? 
was like, because I want to know. Right. Yeah, tell me the truth. I know what I said. Right. Right? So getting real feedback is not a bad thing. The, yeah. People say the truth hurts. Someone always said, no, the truth helps. Yeah. And what can you do with it? Yeah. So this has been so fascinating. And we didn't even get to half it. We might have to do I another. Know, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know how long we've been talking. I think we're at about 35 minutes. There's yeah. a clock ticking down behind you. And I don't know what happens in 53 minutes. A bomb might go off uh, or no, something. Uh, actually, that's uh, 13 days, 52 hours. Uh, what is, oh, I'm sorry. Seven days. 13, you can't see all of it. Seven, seven days, 13 hours, 52 minutes, and 48 seconds. Uh, it's a countdown clock for the month. And it's a constant reminder that I can't get back what just expired and to maximize my time here on earth. Okay. That that's fucking deep. So we're going to dig into this a little bit more. So where did that come from? Like, uh, like specifically, coach, why did you decide yeah. to have that clock? I didn't. It, it, it's a coach. It was a coach of mine. Uh, he was doing it. I'm like, what's it with that clock? He explained it to me. And I said, I want that clock. You know, it, it's, so often, if you're running a business and you do not have a business coach, you're making a big, big mistake. Big mistake. Um, if you're not hiring, if, if Adam uh, fits your lane and you're not using him, making a big mistake. Um, you don't see what you don't see. I was given a presentation about six months ago and a very close friend of mine, I said, all right, give me some feedback. And I said, I, I, don't give me any fluff. Tell me the, the truth. She goes, you know, sometimes you've got a bitch face. I said, what? <laughs> you got a bitch face. I'm like, what the hell is a bitch face? I said, I don't know what that, I, I don't, I can't feel that on my face. And she kind of made the face and I'm like, all right, still not resonating. She goes, well, just sit there and, you know, just do something. And I did, and then she took a picture and I'm like, wow, I didn't think that was the face I was making, right? I'm like, that's a bitch face. I couldn't see it. You got to have advisors and coaches around you that can point out what you don't see. And I, look, I stole that from, from my coach, the gong. I'm sure I stole that from someone I'm celebrating, you know, I've got all kinds of little, you know, uh, a little, you know, look, find somebody that's getting results, model them and do it. Stop making the stuff up by your own, you know, stop trying to figure it all out. Copy. As long as you're not doing, trying to copy like a Tony Robbins or a Gary Vee or a Grant Cardone, please just do you. Be authentic. But the strategies, look, copy them. Use what works. Yeah, I mean, Russell Brunson, uh, for those of you who follow Russell, he says model what's already working. If somebody is doing something, you don't steal it and just do exactly what they do because you, don't, you aren't them. But if they have three a three-step process to closing sales. Yeah. We'll have a three-step process to closing sales. Yeah. You might have different steps, but why are you doing five or why are you doing nine if three's working for the guy making a million bucks? Yep. Um, obviously, that's the premise of the entire show. And, and <laughs> Right? And so, um, but w before we wrap up, yeah, for reals, um, you know, when you're working with clients or w when you're talking to, to prospects, um, well, one, I want you to tell everyone what – your, the email offer that you want to give because this is super cool um, and, and can literally change your business and, and Thor can be your coach if, if you follow his rules um, simply and easily. But, but what is, aside from following what you're about to tell them on the email side, what is one thing that the, the stuck person 
can and needs to do. Like I run into them when I'm talking to prospects, you run into them, um, and there are common themes, but, but with the people that, that you can help the best, what's the one thing that can help them get to the next step? What's that one thing they can implement right after the show to change what they're doing right now? Yeah, stop learning. Stop going from podcast to podcast, YouTube to YouTube, post after post, guru after guru. Start moving. Pick up the phone and start, start calling prospects. Start moving. Stop planning and start executing. I interviewed someone on my uh, podcast. She was a world um, champion adventure racer, 1,400-mile adventure race through the jungles. And I, I said, you know, when you're in the middle of a jungle and you're lost and you're stuck and you don't know what to do and which way to go, there's two paths and you have no idea which one to choose, which, what do you do? She goes, easy. Just pick one. I'm like, what if it's the wrong one? It's better than standing still. She told the story <laughs> that she ended up taking the, the wrong path, ended up at a raging river. They had no choice but to jump in. They jumped in. That particular river actually cut off about 100 miles worth of the race, and they won it by taking the wrong step, the wrong path. Keep moving. We get into this mental process where we're like, I don't know what to do, but it's got to be the right decision, and they get stuck. Get up. Anytime someone says I'm stuck, a client will say I'm stuck. Stand up. And they're like, what? I said, stand up. You're sitting at your desk. Move. So it's sometimes simple. It's just standing up. Walk around your office. Walk around your room. Go outside for a walk. Stuck can also be a physical state. Get some movement in your body. Move. And then just pick. And if you fall down, like most of us do, you know, the Russell Brunson's, the Tony Robbins, all the people that, you know, you admire, uh, Tesla, um, uh, what was the Apple guy? Uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. They all messed up all the time. I saw uh, recently, um, oh, who was it? Amazon. Like the top 200 things, or was, I'm sorry, it was Google. The top 200 things that Amazon has shut down and totally like uh, abandoned in the last year. I was like, oh my God, these, there's like major projects. They're like, nope, not doing that one anymore. Not doing that one anymore. Not doing that one anymore. They fail all the time. They just keep moving. Don't stop. I love that. And that's um, such an important thing. And um, if, if you take away nothing else from anything um, on my entire podcast, I'm like at episode 70, that one you need to keep. And when he says, don't listen to podcasts, keep listening to mine and his. <laughs> Um, the peak performance podcast with Thor Conklin and the entrepreneurs MBA with Adam Kipnis. Um, cause we're going to keep bringing amazing guests. Um, Thor, I really appreciate it. You've got one quick offer for everyone who's been listening. That is super cool. So I, I want well, you to offer it to everyone. Thank you. So if, uh, you're struggling with something in your business, uh, if you send me a 50 word or less email to Thor at thorconklin.com. I'll send you a four-step process. This, you're not going to end up on an email nurture campaign or anything. I'm going to respond to you individually. It may take some time because I don't do these individually. Uh, I'm going to give you a four-step process to absolutely eliminate that problem or reduce it to the point where it's no longer a major issue. So if you have a problem in your business and you can spell it out in 50 words or less. I want the major The problem. problem. Not a problem. The problem. Right. Because the, let's, let's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to attack the thing that if we take care of this, everything else is resolved. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. I get no. 
<laughs> no, well, you said specific, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. need to be specific. Well, because uh, what ends up happening is a lot of times we spend so much time working on problems that are sub-problems, and it's like we've resolved that, but we didn't resolve the real thing. Right, well, they'll say, they'll be like, hey, Thor, how do I get more clients? Which is an unsolvable problem until you get to the root of why it is you won't pick up the phone or why you won't leave the house or work on marketing. We, right. Yeah, right. we could go down a whole you know, roll there, but I know where you guys, right. you guys know where we're going. <laughs> Thor Conklin, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate just the knowledge and uh, I hope to have you back because there's a ton more that we need to tackle. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. You got it. And thanks everyone for listening. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.